Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat reporter Joe Cook. Joe was at practice, uh, the first practice of the second week of the, the spring ball for the Longhorns yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about what he saw there, as well as what Steve Sarkeesian had to say uh, in the postgame. Uh, Joe, let's start. Uh, I think that we need to start probably with the quarterback position because that is the uh, that is the position right now heading into spring and and what not only what you saw, but what Coach Sarkeesian had to say yesterday. Yeah, uh, at this point so far, uh, Hudson Card, whenever they go through drills, you can kind of see a pecking order uh, with with how they go through drills and in the order they do it. Um, at least when right now uh, in that open portion, Hudson Card takes the first drill. Then it's Quinn Ewers. Then it typically typically goes Ben Ballard, uh, Charles Wright, and uh, Cole Lord. Now, when they're we're do they're doing a lot of stuff where they're working in tandem, and even Steve Sarkeesian mentioned earlier in spring that the, the rotation is going to be pretty even uh, at this point because it's spring. They want to get both those guys reps. It's kind of clear that there's a you know battle for first and a, and a battle for third uh, at this juncture. But he talked. Uh, he was asked about completion percentage and if Quinn Ewers could uh, reach a certain completion percentage in his offense. And, and the question kind of lowballed it because uh, the question asked, could he, you know, approach 60? I think he went any, any. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Quarterback who isn't approaching 60 is a liability in any offense, not just Steve Sarkeesian. So the hope uh, for, for Sarkeesian, uh, he mentioned, you know, he one of his phrases is cooking with gas. And he wanted, uh, you know, he was looking for about 70%. Uh, 60, I mean, 65% still pretty solid at the college and, and D1 and FBS power five level, but he was looking for stuff like 70% to where that indicates not only are they doing well in the downfield stuff, but the more intermediate and short routes are hitting that too, opening up pretty much most of the offense. I was uh, lucky enough to, to talk to someone uh, yesterday close to uh, the quarterback situation at Texas. Uh, and they said that uh, at least Quinn Ewers was north of 75% right now, completion rate uh, in uh, uh, both uh, uh, practices and scrimmages, team practice and scrimmage, uh, which is a phenomenal rate, Hudson Card in, in similar shape uh, as well. Uh, my take on, on this right now is it's just way too early uh, to try making a call. Uh, it is obvious though, that Hudson Card's experience in the offense, and I think Sarkeesian kind of pointed to this, is giving him a leg up in the early stages of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been at Texas for three years. He's been in the system for a year. Uh, that helps. 
Um, I don't think there's too much difference between what maybe Ryan Day and uh, Steve Sarkeesian does. I think Ryan Day probably adds some more RPOs, but that's I don't watch a lot of Ohio State. I'm not the, the biggest Ohio State fan, uh, but you're still learning a new offense. You're still learning new new words, new, you know, the, the guys holding up the things on the sideline are holding up stuff that means different uh, things in the in the offense. So, um, yeah, it's no surprise, really, that Hudson Card was there, but I don't think that should mean that, you know, he, he started camp as just a far and away leader. Somebody's got to take the first snap, just like somebody's got to take the snack, second snap. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I think what you mentioned about how Quinn is you know, completing that high of a mark percentage-wise, that's kind of living up to that evaluation that that so many different networks, including on three, had him as, you know, being that potential generational 1-1 quarterback talent uh, and it's not just on three it was it was a bunch of different ones you can look at the consensus and uh, stuff like a 75 percent completion percentage backs that up yeah I, I tell you what um, you mentioned the differences and it's the devil gets down to the details right when you're when you're trying to it's okay to be good and not be great at the details necessarily but the way to be good, become great is to understand the nuances of a, a of an offense and and that sort of thing and I and I think that you're right. The base scheme, a lot of the similar, there may be a lot of similarities that exist, but the, the true greatness comes when you, you can understand the, all the nuances of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can actually play with speed and understand that. And I mentioned uh, on the message board today, I was talking about the proficiency really of Colt McCoy. It wasn't necessarily that Colt McCoy was this unbelievable athlete, a very good athlete but extraordinarily proficient and, you know, thought two plays ahead or thought five seconds ahead uh, while he was playing for the Longhorns. And I think that until Texas gets that kind of quarterback play, uh, while they have these guys with talent, that, that's what it's going to take uh, to push them to another level. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's – yeah, and you mentioned this earlier. It's – been what four practices there's no reason to make like any grand declarations you know last year was last year and last year yeah Hudson Card struggled but he he won the job for a reason in camp now he didn't keep it uh, I think it's fair to point that out but he won the job for a reason in camp Quinn Ewers you know he, he didn't play last year there's no reason to rush in, into any sort of decision uh based off the the positive negative and negative uh, not negative, but, you know, the, the marks for and marks against uh, that both these quarterbacks have uh, or to, you know, jump on a, a side right away. But, you know, like I said, stuff like that high completion percentage and hearing that what you just said, that Hudson Card isn't too far behind Quinn Ewers in that area. That just means that Texas has a quarterback situation a lot of schools would be envious of, as honestly they've had for a lot of these past few years. Um, speaking with Joe Cook, Inside Texas beat recorder, our beat reporter uh, for the Longhorns. He was on hand uh, for practice yesterday uh, and then uh, was speaking with uh, one of the media members credentialed to speak with Steve Sarkeesian afterwards. Uh, Joe, he also brought up, uh, Sark yesterday in his uh, presser brought up Isaiah Naor, the transfer from Wyoming. And I, from, the, from the quotes that I read, spoke pretty, pretty glowingly about the young man. Yeah, uh, another case where a transfer starts out kind of at a certain point on the depth chart with the, you know, you're not being given anything. Uh, now he's behind Texas' two top receivers at the end of the year, or at least, you know, starting receivers and 
Marcus Washington and Xavier Worthy. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian even mentioned that he didn't think that Nayor may have showed off the foot speed uh, that he that he has. He may not have shown that off at Wyoming. Uh, and he credited not only his ability to work in the summer just on his physical presence, but just on being part of the team, getting stuff down. And that's why you've seen him, uh, if you're checking inside Texas, move up on the depth chart a little bit. So uh, that may have been one of the biggest additions this offseason. That was in inside Texas today, which we have free uh, pretty much every morning. Um, he was going to go to Tennessee. And that 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 kind of means a little bit to me that Josh Heupel thought that he had the foot speed and that uh, veer and shoot offense to be able to be that type of vertical threat down the field and not just a you know possession threat, I guess, in that sense. Uh, and, and now Steve Sarkeesian seeing that. And now I guess Texas defensive backs are seeing it too. Yeah, 40 catches, 40 plus catches last year, 12 touchdowns. You're going to have some speed to get away from people, even in a lesser conference. Um, we look at that, but there's also been some other moves, uh, according to Sarkeesian, uh, in the depth chart on the uh, offensive side of the ball that he's kind of saying, hey, we got to get more bodies over here a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I, it's Nayer's addition was was big for multiple reasons. One is that it added a number to a room that kind of needs numbers right now. Josh Moore's gone. Uh, Cade Brewer's gone. Those were two of the six leading receivers last year, even though Cade Brewer's tied in. Uh, another one of those leading receivers was Bijan Robinson, who's a running back. So the top three of uh, Xavier Worthy, Marcus Washington, and Jordan Whittington are back. But, you know, we saw Jordan Whittington had his problems. Basically, uh, not a lot of returning production is back and not a lot of just returners are back. I mean, Alvante Woodard hit the portal. Josh Moore hit the portal. Uh, so Texas basically is short a lot of guys right now at wide receiver. Uh, Sarkeesian mentioned a lot of those early enrollees in this 2022 class. They're on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so a guy like Brennan Thompson, who wanted to run track his senior year uh, for Spearman uh, and, you know, put postmarks that direction away, be a high school kid. He's not on campus right now. No, no slight against him. Let a kid be a kid. But he's not with the receivers at a place where they need receivers. Same with Savion Red from what, Grand Perry? Uh, you know, he's not on campus right now. So as a result, there have been several walk-on defensive backs. Uh, a couple that come to mind are Thatcher Milton and uh, Hamilton McMartin uh, to join a group that's got a decent amount of walk-ons, uh, at, at least at, as it currently stands, like Paxton Anderson and I think Gus Asel, uh, who's a Hendricks College transfer. There's a lot of walk-ons there, and they needed to add more just because they had, I guess, uh, they were good on numbers at defensive back uh, and needed some uh, shoring up of the troops at, at wide receiver because, I mean, think Terrence Brooks enrolled early, Ryan Watts got here early, uh, uh, B.J. Allen uh, enrolled early. Uh, Jalen Gilbo. Gilbo. Like, defensive back has good numbers right now, and those are scholarship guys you keep over there. Uh, the, the walk-ons at this point, it's, I don't think it's because either of those guys are going to stick at receiver um, because McMartin, I think, went to Katie, if I remember right, and he was a, a pretty solid defensive back for a, a, a high school program that knows defense. Um, but they, they made the move. One that didn't, Michael Taffy from Westlake. He's, he was basically one of the only guys uh, from that walk-on core of defensive backs who didn't move over. Uh, I think that's a little interesting nugget just to remember because of how 
at least for a walk on how pretty well regarded Taffy was when he arrived at Texas. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking here about those moves of of the walk-ons to wide DBs to wide receiver that you're talking about. I mean, and several guys moved uh, for numbers. It makes me think that they're trying also at the same time to feed those young DBs. They're trying to make them drink water out of a fire hose. They're right. <laughs> they're, they're trying to get some some reps. Uh, before we go further, I do want to talk about DBs because you told me that uh, beforehand that you want to talk something specific about them. I want to ask you. Uh, for those that don't know, we're running a special right now at InsideTexas.com. Four months for just $1. That's four months for just $1. It's the best site there is when it comes to football, uh, team information, recruiting information, and even message board interaction with the actual experts that are trying to uh, give you the inside information on what's going on. Um, Joe, you, you mentioned the defensive backs. And you said something that Sark mentioned in the presser kind of stood out to you and that you also observed something at the same time in practice that, that you wanted to talk about. So I'm going to open the floor to you now. Yeah, one of the he was asked about his first impressions and uh, he thought that they're playing, and these are his words, an aggressive brand of football uh, on the defensive side. And when he got a, a little bit more. Uh, details about that he talked about we want to be more sticky in coverage and I don't know if that means just constantly running press man and, and hoping but that that definitely means that that's a part uh, of the repertoire um, and he said more sticky and that was something that I was able to see I guess them working on uh, during that that viewing portion of practice uh, when when Terry Joseph is working with the corners I think there's either six or seven maybe yeah, six or seven in that group right now. Uh, there was a segment of practice and in individual drills where there were basically three different drills going on at one time. One was, you know, uh, a receiver would be here and then one defensive back would make a break and try and, you know, slap the ball out of his hands. Another was a, a drill where they were in, in close and press coverage and, and reading hips, reading breaks and redirecting receivers and working on redirecting receivers. Uh, and then another part was working on the, you know, on a basically, I think, for example, like a short out route, uh, making that, you know, the first part of that tackle. So uh, a lot of that had to do with, of course, there are some uh, drills going on, too, that emphasize techniques needed for when they're playing zone. But uh, they, they talked about wanting to be more sticky in coverage. A guy like Ryan Watts, I feel like can help with that. Uh, Deshaun Jameson has closing speed that who can keep up with any pretty much anybody but uh, has lacked the size and, and some of the awareness that would make him a, a great defensive back and then uh, but you know he's still one of the a guy you tr can trust out there as a super senior in the big 12 but looking at Ryan Watts like he's all of 6'3 all of 214 he looks different compared to all the other corners I wish I'd gotten a better sense of how he moves and, and, and looks, but I mean, that guy started at Ohio state for a reason, uh, especially under a defensive back coach who, even though he had his issues as a defensive coordinator was well respected as, as a defensive back coach um, started, I think it was even lo while losing some playing time was top on the team or close to it in interceptions. Like that's a guy, that's someone who I think can, uh, you know, if another team tries to have a, a physical wide receiver, uh, he can, you know, match up with that physicality, or he can even out-physical some of the wide receivers and use his 
uh, impressive length and wingspan to maybe make up for if he lacks foot speed at 214 pounds, allow him to still be sticky just because of the physical presence that he is. I, I tell you what, uh, the, the two corners that Texas took in that class, uh, Terrence Brooks and Jalen Gilbo, that is something that they are. They are. It, we, I talked about it with Jerry Hamilton uh, during the recruiting cycle. Uh, both of those guys had just that knack of being in tight coverage and not getting shook. Um, and uh, you, you look at Ryan Watts and the older guys, Jade Barron, and even Deshaun Jameson. Uh, Jameson's a little smaller guy, right? Uh, whereas Brooks and, and Gilbo, they're they're not thick guys, but like Jade Barron is a thicker build guy. Uh, but they they are stickier in coverage. And I, you know, I don't think anybody uh, that watched Texas football last year and watched Texas line up eight yards off the corners, off the wide receivers that on the outside is is hoping that to see a rewind of that uh, this year. Um, not when you combine the fact that uh, basically teams could run, I don't know about at will, but close enough. And then you combine that uh, with the easy uh, receptions on third and five uh, and Texas playing off coverage. So I think that's great. A um, couple of, a uh, uh, couple of non-participation uh, comments uh, that I want to talk to you about Malik Murphy, the freshman quarterback from Gardena, Sarah got his, has his boot off. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, the running back out of Hallettsville, uh, he was not at practice on Tuesday dealing with a, a family issue, totally uh, uh, understandable given some things there. I don't, don't need to go into it, but uh, expected to back with the team, not in any kind of disciplinary action or if people are worried about that. Uh, and then uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. What was it, Jaden? Oh, Troy O'Meer. Uh, what was the latest and, and Jaden Alexis like uh, him uh, Malik Murphy yeah he's got that boot off but he had a pretty significant injury playing for the state championship uh, back in California before he enrolled and he's probably just not going to be a factor into the quarterback battle at least in the spring uh, and they don't they're, they're not trying to rush him into a battle whether it be for that top spot or probably more likely for that third spot this spring because they want him they want him around for a while. They want to, they don't want to mess up his ankle. So he's out of the boot, uh, working with Texas strength and conditioning staff kind of towards the side uh, during practice. Same with Troy O'Meary, who I think elected to have an, uh, another knee surgery. I think it was in September. Um, Jaden Alexis, uh, he, what was it, during preseason camp last year is when he uh, messed up his knee and tore his ACL. Um, so I, I think only O'Meary, if I remember correctly, had a big brace. Um, Alexis did not. Uh, I'm sure M Murphy had some sort of wrap when he was working on some stuff, but had to go and see what was actually going on on the field. And um, Luke Brockermeyer, uh, just he was he's not in any brace, but he's not doing any sort of activity at this point, recovering from a ACL injury uh, he, he sustained towards the end of the year in practice. So that's that's been that's the main injury uh, report, I guess you could say. And like you mentioned, even Steve Sarkeesian said he was it was a, a personal, you know, no, no disciplinary, that type of thing with with Brooks. Yeah, I, that's good news. And, and we wish him the best, obviously. Uh, talking about those receivers um, without, without Alexis um, and with Nayor staying outside, uh, it's an opportunity for a guy like Dejon Harrison, uh, who mm -hmm. was out last year, 
to try to get some run at, at the slot behind uh, uh, Jordan Whittington as well. Um, I want to switch uh, and uh, flash forward, I guess, to some recruiting news and notes that happened yesterday. You and I uh, saw this on um, Inside Texas as well. Uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas put in a recruit prediction uh, for uh, Samaj Burrell, the linebacker, very talented guy, someone that University is, uh, University of Texas has prioritized from the get-go uh, to uh, go to Texas. But Burrell's still going to take other visits. He's going to Ohio State this weekend. But apparently, uh, according to Hamilton, uh, Texas making a, a really nice uh, push there. Uh, Burrell is just one of those guys that profiles to Texas. Uh, and as Jerry Hamilton told me, he's one of those guys that you can just see calling the plays of the Texas defense from the middle. Uh, the other is uh, Jordan Matthews, a defensive back uh, from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Woodlawn High School. Uh, he's expected in this weekend for an unofficial visit. Joe will be in town, I'm sure, this weekend uh, on, on hand. Uh, Texas hopes to host between 15 and 20 uh, 2023 prospects again this weekend, following up on their recruiting, uh, their big recruiting weekend last weekend. Uh, Joe, um, you have anything else to add? I know you were at the baseball game last night. Anything else you want to add from, from your time on the 40 acres this week? No, just, I mean, a tough, tough to always lose to the Aggies and tough to do it, giving up. 12 runs and, and nine of them when you, I think you had two strikes at some point in the count. Pitching's a problem, but, uh, you know, it, it's still a midweek and there's still a lot of conference play ahead, including an important series this week with Oklahoma. So, uh, and they're, they're playing decent baseball of late, uh, just beat Oklahoma state in, in a midweek game. So, uh, still an important stretch for, for Texas baseball. They've got to figure a lot of things out and, a kind of a group that's collectively struggling right now needs to also collectively figure out how to not struggle. So well, I, I would track. say just from watching the games, Joe, or in, in reading the box scores, because I can't watch all the games. I, I want to get to one last thing before I close um, that I was going to talk about last night. It, just from reading the box scores in baseball, they're hitting the ball. I mean, yeah. early in the season, it looked like they were going to have problem producing runs. Now they're they're scoring a lot of runs, and I mean they had 15 hits last night, 20 plus in one game against Texas Tech last week, and they lost both games. Yeah, and and most of the attention can can be placed to eyes toward the bullpen. Uh, Tristan Stevens had a couple rough starts. I think he'll be fine. He's one of the more consistent guys on this team. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a pitching and defense program. And right now it's a hitting and defense program. Uh, it's not a pitching program right now. Um, they're still a little bit reeling. I've, you know, they've been eight and eight since Tanner Witt was, was scratched from his start at, uh, versus UCLA and Houston. Uh, same kind of, you know, recovery. And then, you know, a couple of days later, uh, Austin Todd injures his shoulder. Now he did take a few swings in, in pregame batting practice yesterday. I'm sure he's taken swings in, in regular practice as well. Um, that's a guy they want maybe if only anything just for his bat. Uh, but pitching's the problem right now. Um, and, and Sean Allen, he's got experience leading a good staff. I mean, just look at last year. Um, he's going to have to probably work a lot harder this year than he ever did last year with, with the talent he had assembled and, uh, you know, with however many, with eight 
or seven conference series left to go. There, there's plenty of time for improvement in those areas. Um, before I let y'all go, I've got, I've got to say one thing, and that is a thank you uh, to the folks from, the, uh, I'm actually down in Houston today, uh, the folks at Clark Field Collective, the NIL program for the University of Texas, uh, that is uh, really one of the, the leaders uh, in the space for uh, Texas, uh, had a uh, program last night in Houston, uh, and I, they had a nice, nice setup. They were kind enough to invite me. Uh, I saw a guy, TJ Ford was there, Drew Kelson was there, Selvin Young. Uh, also, I, I met uh, someone and, and caught up with someone that was a, a member of uh, Daryl Royal's very first recruiting class. Uh, was wow. at the event last night, as well as a few subscribers to Inside Texas uh, there, as well as some other dignitaries for the university. Uh, not necessarily directly attached to the university, but uh, certainly uh, supporters of the university as they try to help uh, build that NIL fund for the University of Texas and, and its athletes uh, as we go forward. All right, uh, Joe, thanks so much. Once again, Inside Texas' beat reporter uh, on the 40 Acres, Joe Cook, uh, joining on Texas football. Uh, for Joe, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for watching.